So there was a, uh, a family that went into town. They went to New York City. They went on a, you know, a big visit. And they're visiting uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City, this immense Catholic cathedral there. And it was really pretty. And the kids were just in awe. They had younger kids. They were looking around all the, the stonework and the, the artwork and all that stuff. And they were really... Um, they're really taken back by all the candles. And the, so the tour guide was saying, you know, when we say a prayer for someone, we light a candle. He said, it's not like a birthday cake. You don't make a wish and light a candle. But you light a candle and say a prayer. They're like, do you have any questions? And the little girl's like, no, but if there's a pony outside, it's mine. So, um, you know, sometimes we kind of do that with prayer, don't we? we? We say, Lord, you know, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. But prayer is supposed to be a what? A conversation, Right? So we're starting a new message series this week. It's called And, and the artwork's kind of dark. I, I apologize. You can't see it real well, but it's And. And so what we're going to do these next couple weeks is we're going to look at the Holy Spirit and. We're going to look at the Holy Spirit's role in our lives and how the Holy Spirit works in us in different areas. So today we're going to look at how the, the Holy Spirit wants to work in us with prayer. Now, when I say Holy Spirit, some of you are like, woohoo! Some of you tense up because... Over the years, the Holy Spirit has been kind of a mystery in the church, right? The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're really good about saying that, but we really don't know who He is. And over the years, the Holy Spirit has been used to, well, I'll just be honest, sometimes it's been used to be weird, right? We all know people who are weird and they blame it on the Holy Spirit, right? I mean, I'm just being honest. I, I, I've met lots of them. Maybe it's, maybe you don't know, and if you don't know, maybe it's you. But, you know, it's, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But over the years, you know, people have blamed, you know, well, you know, <laughs> I'll be honest, my mom's probably watching this, sorry, mom. But when I first went to my, uh, my church, when I gave my heart to Christ, I was 16, and I'd grown up in uh, Baptist churches, and it was a very, very, very mainline fundamentalist Baptist church. I mean, it was a great church. They had a clock right over the door. When it hit 12, you left. I kid you not, I watch people get up and walk. The pastor's still going. They would be like, see ya. And they would leave. That's just how, so he was always done, you know, right on time. They got a new guy. And they're like, I'm just telling you now, preacher, when it hits noon, I'm out. And they're like, no, I'm not kidding. We're out. You know, I was like, because they were farmers. They had lots of stuff to do. But, and so I had never been to a Pentecostal church. And so I went to an Assemblies of God church with my mom. And one of my first weeks there, people got me started running down the aisles. I was like, is there a fire? You know, I'm like looking around. I thought maybe the building was on fire. And they're like, no, they're doing a Jericho march. It's like, I have no idea what that is. It's just weird to me. And like, it's the Holy Spirit. I'm like, no, it's just weird. You know, that was just. <laughs> and so it took me a long time to learn that the Holy Spirit is not, he's not weird. Does he push us outside our comfort zone sometimes? Absolutely. God is great at that, right? I mean, he loves to push us out. I remember first time I went on a missions trip, you know, a small town. I, I met a demon-possessed person. I was like, whoa, you know, he loves just moving us out of our comfort zone, you know. Uh, but so we're going to really look at that these next few weeks. Who is the Holy Spirit? What does he do in us? How does he help us? So today we're going to look at the Holy Spirit and prayer. And so I figure this is a perfect one for Mother's Day because moms pray a lot. My mom would pray, Lord, help me not to kill this kid. Help me not to kill this kid, you know. <laughs> My sister, not me. My sister. <laughs> I pray that prayer, right? We've all prayed that prayer. Lord, help me not to leave this kid out in the woods. You know, I. So we pray a lot. So I figured this is a great one for Mother's Day because moms love to pray. So why do we pray? The first one I want to look at is the reason for prayer. Why do we pray? So let's look in Acts chapter 4, verse 23. So in this story, 
Peter and John were going to the temple. This is back in chapter 3. Give you a little background here. They were going to the temple, and there was a guy laying at the temple gate. And he was a, a beggar. He was crippled. And so he was asking him for money. And so Peter looks at him and says, I don't have money, but I'll give you what I do have. And he said, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And the Holy Spirit healed the beggar. He got up. And so he goes into the temple with them. And guess what happened? Complete chaos, right? People are like, wait a minute, that's the guy that always laid at the door. He said, yeah, he doesn't have to do it anymore. God healed him. And they said, what? And that's a new version of that. But they were trying to figure out what was going on. And so Peter and John got arrested because they said, you did something that wasn't lawful on the Sabbath, and they were really upset, and they were messing up the status quo. So they got arrested, and they said, well, we can't really you know, beat them or anything because people love these guys. And then the dude they healed is right outside the door, so we can't say that he didn't do it. So they came in and they said, okay, we're going to let you go, but you can't talk about Jesus anymore. And they said, well, why would we obey you instead of obeying God? So they let him out. So they came back to their, the church, to all their friends. And in verse 23, it says, as soon as they were free, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers started complaining. No. What did they do? As soon as they heard the reports, all the believers lifted their voices together and prayed to God. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth and the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, this has happened here in this very city. For Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles, the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your servant Jesus. And after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they preached the word of God with boldness. Right? So... When they went back, they could have just said, okay, we're going to leave town. You know, things are getting pretty rough. Or they could have said, Lord, you know, just hit these guys with a lightning bolt and just let it be over. But they didn't. They said, Lord, what? Give us boldness. Lord, help us to keep doing what you called us to do. So the reason for prayer, prayer is spiritual communication with God. And it's often predicated by our natural awareness of our need for divine assistance. In other words, I pray when I need what? help. Right? When I'm in trouble, I pray, Lord, would you help me? And that's what these guys did. They got out of prison. They came back and said, we need help. So this is communication. It's just talking with the Lord. And there's lots of different prayers. We see all throughout scripture, there's prayers of joy, right? When things are going well, Lord, thank you for being so good. We ever do that? Thank you, Lord, for the good times. There's prayers of desperation. Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. Please help me in this situation. There's prayers of thankfulness. Lord, thank you for doing this. Thank you for answering this prayer. There's prayers of anger. Have you read the Psalms? David was mad sometimes, and he prayed. There's some great prayers in there. I'll be honest, I've had a few times I wanted to send those to people. <laughs> I didn't. I mean, there's prayers David's like, kill their babies, you know, knock their teeth out of their head. I mean, he really was angry sometimes. And God was okay with that because it's a, it's a conversation. All of you who are married, you've talked to your spouse when you're angry, right? There's times you haven't said anything to your spouse because you're afraid of what might come out when you're angry, right? We've all had those times, and that's what David did. He said, Lord, I need help. There's prayers of sorrow. We see in the Psalms when 
bad things happen. David had a kid die, and he prayed, Lord, I help me with these things. So prayer is a spiritual communication with God, and, and prayer is based on our need for communion and assistance. It's based on our need for communion and assistance. In other words, when I, you ever just feel at time, Lord, I just need to be in your presence? That's communion. Lord, I just, I need your strength. I just need to be with you. And you can pray. You can go into that place. And we pray when we have needs as well. So, guys, as, as adults, as people, Christians and non-Christians, we all run into things that we need God's help, right? And you know, I, I, I've said this a million times, I wish I could tell you, you know, when you have a relationship with Jesus, everything just goes really well. It doesn't. There are times as Christians, we have trouble, right? We have hardships. We have things happen that we say, God, why? You ever prayed those prayers? I prayed a lot of those. Lord, why is this happening? What is going on? And so there's times that we say, Lord, I just need help. And all of you moms, you've prayed those prayers for your kids before. Why are they making these decisions? Why are they doing this? Can I just, you know, lock them in a room somewhere? You know, does that help? You know, I'm to- understanding the whole tower thing, you know, back in the old days, they lock kids in the tower. I- I'm getting that, right? I mean, we prayed those prayers. And so we understand that prayer is based on our need for communion with the Lord and our need for assistance. So we prayed that for our marriages. We prayed that for our jobs. We prayed that for families. And prayer is often a response to our situation. And that's what we see here. They said, Lord, we're being threatened. We need your help. We need you to give us strength. We need you to give us boldness. In James chapter 5, and and the funny thing is James was probably here at this moment because James was a disciple, right? He was probably here in James chapter 5, verse 13. He says, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. And so James says that prayer should be our first response. If you're in trouble, you should pray. I know a lot of times prayer is not our first response, is it? Our first response is, how do I get out of this? What can I do here? What can I? We should pray. And so that's what prayer is. So what is the content of prayer? What do we say when we pray? The content. It's, well, prayer is, as I've said, it is a communication. It should be a conversation with the Lord. Prayer should be the content. It should be communication. It should be, and so communication is what? Talking, and then it's also listening. I'm really good at talking to the Lord. I'm not always really good at listening to Him. You know, and so sometimes I have to just say, Lord, I just need a conversation. So I'm just going to stop talking and I'm going to listen. I'm just going to listen to you. And listening can be just sitting in silence. Listening can be putting on some music and just sitting and, and just spending time in His presence, just listening to Him. So prayer is a, is a conversation with the Lord. And then prayer typically has two parts. There's praise, and we see the disciples here. Praise is just you telling the Lord how amazing he is, right? And this is what the disciples do when they say, Oh, sovereign Lord, you're the one that made the heavens and the earth. You're the one who did this by your great plan. Lord, we know that you have a plan in place. Praise is just talking to him and tell him how good he is. And then there's also what? Petition. Lord, this is what I need. Lord, I know that you're big. And, and so praising God is good because you're telling him how good he is. Praise is also good because sometimes it reminds us of how big he is, right? You ever come up in a situation, I don't, I don't know. Oh, wait a minute. 
He created the world with just a word. You know, he split sea. He raised people from the dead. He can handle this, right? He can find me an alternator. He can do, you know, whatever this is needed. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Listen to what Paul says. Don't worry about anything. I'm going to say that again. Don't worry about anything. Instead, do what? Pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then, so he said, instead of worrying, pray about it and then thank him for it. Praise, petition, right? And then he says, instead, pray about everything. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So Paul says, instead of worrying, pray, and then thank him for it. And then you will experience his what? Peace. And he says, the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds. That is an amazing promise, guys. So when I have a need, he says, pray about it. Instead of trying to figure out what to do, pray about it. And then say, Lord, thank you for that. Very, very practical. And then he said, then when you do that, you have peace. Right? It's an amazing thing. And so we're really good at telling what we need, but sometimes we forget about thanking him. We forget about praising him. And here's the great thing, guys. Prayer does not have to be flowery or formal. Prayer can just be talking. Now, it should be, it should be respectful because you're talking to the king of the universe, right? Don't be like, hey, bro, you know, just, but talk to him. You can talk to him like you're talking to your friend. Actually, in the Old Testament, it said that Moses spoke to the Lord as he spoke to a friend, right? But prayer doesn't have to be formal. I've had people tell me, I don't know how to pray. And I'll just say, do you know how to talk? Yeah, that's all you need to do, right? You can talk to him. You can come to him. And the Lord wants us. And so all throughout Scripture, again, we see all different kinds of prayer. One of my favorites is the book of Nehemiah. There's a guy named Nehemiah. He was a, a leader. He was helping rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. had this impossible task against him. And so in his book where he's telling about it, you see these little short prayers that he prayed. Nehemiah prayed all day long, just little short ones. You know, Lord, please help me with this. Lord, what do I do here? Lord, help me with this. And, you know, that's what we can do. You can pray all day long. Now, do you need to have time set apart to spend in God's presence? Absolutely. That can start with just a couple minutes a day. But talk to him all throughout the day. You know, when I was younger, I used to think, you know, you had to stop, oh, you know, sovereign Lord, heaven, you know, all these. And I thought you had to pray in King James English because that's what I'd heard. But you don't. God can listen to anything. He can pray. So you can pray anytime. You don't have to stand on a table in the cafeteria. Honestly, please don't do that. Uh, that gets in that weird category again, right? Unless God tells you to, then you can do it. But you can pray all day long. When I was in college, I prayed a lot. <laughs> Lord, I forgot to study for this test. Please help me. Please help me. Remember, you know, those kind of things, right? But on a serious note, we can pray all the time. You can pray when something comes up. You can pray when you have to have a conversation with someone. You can pray when so your kid, you know, i, I got to have this conversation. I don't know how to have this. We can pray all the time. God wants us to pray. He wants us to communicate with him. So, so what's the context? When do we pray? Well, I said prayer can take place anytime, anyplace. You can pray when you're driving. Keep your eyes open. But you can pray when you're driving. You can pray when you're at work, you can pray at school, you can pray before a game, right? You can pray during a game. 
You can do anything. And that's what the disciples did in verse 24. Is they just stopped and they prayed right where they were. So it can take place anytime. You can pray out loud. You can pray in your hearts quietly. You can pray in the spirit, in your prayer language. You can pray anytime, anywhere. So, and it's fun when you go to like a group prayer, like you see people walking. I walk when I pray because I fall asleep a lot. So I, I mean, just honestly, I fall asleep if I sit too long. So I walk. I pace. You can pray laying down. You can pray sitting up. You can pray on your knees. Uh, you can cry out in prayer. You can whisper prayers. You can talk. Just kind of talk it out. So prayer can take all different kinds of forms, guys. The big thing is just doing it. Just talking to him. Having a conversation. And then listening. And so we can pray alone. We can pray in a group. All throughout scripture we see people pray individually. In the book of Daniel we saw that Daniel prayed three times a day. Regularly. On his own. We see people praying in groups like we just read. in the disciples they got together and prayed in a group. So... And, you know, group prayer can be a planned thing like, you know, we have at, at the Kathleen's house on Monday nights. It can be morning prayer here at the church. You can get together with friends and pray. You can get together with your team and pray. One of the things I love, our football team here in Lex, a lot after games, they'll get together and pray, right? You can pray in a group. What's the advantage of group prayer? It's encouraging, right? When you're praying in a group, it's really encouraging to pray together. And it's powerful when you pray together. So, see at the pole is great. Uh, you know, one thing that we did, we pushed kids out of their comfort zone. We went on a missions trip last year to Phoenix, and we were on Skid Row. And so we'd find people like, hey, let's pray for this guy. What? Yeah. And so, now in that context, we have people pray, we have one person watching when you pray, you know, because you're always like, don't want to get stabbed while we're praying. But we'd have them pray right there. And it was so cool because the kid's like, I can actually do this. Yeah. Teenagers say, yeah, let me pray for you. They'd pray for homeless people. We'd give them food, we'd pray for them. It was really cool because it showed them you can pray anywhere. You can pray anytime. One thing God really nudged me to do when people said, hey, pastor, can you pray for this? Or they'd see me in town, hey, can you pray for this? I tried to just pray for them right then. So I, to be honest, I'm probably going to forget, you know, later on. Can I just pray for you right now? And that's really fun. And it doesn't be, well, you don't have to yell. You don't have to, again, you don't have to say it in King James English. You just pray for them right then. That's uh, fun. So you can pray alone or in group, and, and group prayer has some unique aspects because it brings and it demonstrates unity. Uh, group prayer takes humility and grace, right? Hey, I have this need, would you pray for me? It's hard sometimes to be open like that. But it brings humility and grace, it, it creates bonds, and it's also a testimony. Uh, one thing that, that I love here in Lexington, we have a great ministerial association, and it's really cool when people see people from other denominations praying together. That's exciting. It's a testimony because it's like we can actually get along with each other, right? We can do this. And then the outcome of prayer. Guys, the Holy Spirit helps us pray. One of the things the Holy Spirit does as a, the third member of the Trinity, he helps us pray. You know, we can, we can pray in our own, we can pray in our natural minds, but how many times have you guys ever had where you just have no idea what to pray? Ever been there? But Lord, I don't, even, I don't even know what to do. In Romans chapter 8, Verse 26, Paul says the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us in groanings that can't be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, and the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. 
Guys, when we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit helps us pray. He prays for us. I'll be honest, I've had times, I, you know, so I just, I just kind of groan, right? I was like, God, I don't, even, I don't even know. I don't know. I remember there was a time when Amy and I were first married. We were young. We had just had our daughter. And we were having some serious financial hardships. It was in the housing market crash back in the early 2000s. Remember that? I mean, we were, we were in, in a bad shape. And I remember just walking through the house. And I was holding my daughter. And I was like, Lord, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know what to pray. I don't say. I'm, I'm mad. I'm frustrated. I'm upset. I'm mad at myself. I don't know what to do. And so I just said, Lord, you, and I just said, Holy Spirit, you've got to help me. I don't know what to pray. I don't know how to pray at this point. I know what to say. And the Holy Spirit helped us. And he came through. The Lord came through and, and provided just miraculously. Um, and then even Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 15, well, then what should I do? I'll pray in the Spirit and I'll also pray in words I understand. I'll sing in the Spirit. I'll also sing in words I understand. So if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and according to Acts 2, you can pray in a prayer language that you have, that the Lord gives us. And you don't even have to know what you're praying, but the Spirit prays with us. He prays for us. He helps us in that. And then the Holy Spirit empowers us for life. I love this. The disciples prayed when they were kicked out and, and they left. They said, you can't talk anymore about Jesus. And they said, well, we, we have to obey the Lord and not you. They went back and instead of praying, Lord, would you take care of these guys? Would you do something to them? Would you change the legal proceedings? What did they pray for? They prayed for boldness. I said, Lord, help us to speak boldly in the name of Jesus. And it said the place where they were shook was, was shook. The Holy Spirit empowered them. He filled them and empowered them to go out and do what? To speak boldly. So, guys, you know, in Acts chapter 2, it says they were filled with power when the Holy Spirit came on them. And in Acts 1.8, Jesus said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. That word is dunamis, and it's a Greek word. A lot of people are like, oh, it means dynamite, you know, boom, you know, that. That's not really what it is. It's more of an empowering power. And I had a guy one time explain this so well to me. He said, have you ever seen a, a caterpillar, one of those diesel tractors? He's like, yeah. He's like, are they fast? <laughs> no. <laughs> He's like, but they're strong. He said, that thing will push through anything. It's just overcoming, consistent power. And he said, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He gives us overcoming, consistent power throughout our lives. He empowers you to go through. He empowers you to work through these things. The Holy Spirit gives you the power to do the work that God has called you to do. And he said, it's not always fun, it's not always fancy, but it's an empowering power. I remember my uncle, uh, he had a Dodge Ram, like an 80s Dodge Ram. It was old, old. I, it never got washed. When it got dirty, he would drive under a center pivot. He's like, there it is, it's washed. I mean, that was it. But this thing had that Cummins motor in it, the Cummins diesel. That thing could pull anything. I honestly don't think I've ever seen anything it couldn't pull or bury itself trying. So one day, just for fun, he hooked up. He had a portable center pivot uh, like the farmers have, but you just go and turn the wheels. I think it was like three tracks or four tracks. He'd move it field to field. And he usually pulled it with a tractor. One day, he's like, let's just try it. Let's just see what a diesel can do. So he hooked it up to it. We got in, he put it in four low, and the truck buried itself trying to pull this thing. I mean, it literally buried up to the axles. He's like, well, now i got to get a tractor for two things. Yes, he couldn't <laughs> get out. But it's insane power. And that's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. He gives us power to go through. He gives us power to do what he's called us to do. He gives us power to raise our kids. He gives us power to live married to our spouse and to honor them. He gives us power to speak in his name. He gives us power to get through hardships. When we want to give up, he's the one that empowers us, right? You ever been there and have been to a point where you say, I don't even know if I can go on? The Holy Spirit gives us that power to keep going. 
Is it always easy? No. But he's always with us. And that's what he did here when the disciples said, Lord, I need you. Lord, would you help us? Lord, would you empower us? That's exactly what he did to help them get through that. He empowers us for life. And then the Holy Spirit empowers witness. He will do what we need done. And so, guys, I know the Holy Spirit is, again, it's one of those things, sometimes we don't really know who he is. We don't really know what he does, but he empowers us. And that's what Jesus said in Acts 1.8. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my what? Witnesses. You will be my witnesses. You will tell others about me. Your life will tell others about me. And if I can just have a moment to speak to the moms here in the room, moms, grandmas. Do you know people watch you? They want to see how you live as a Christian mom. They want to see what's different about you. And they see you living that witness, right? They see you empowering you for life. They see the Holy Spirit empowering you to be a witness. And it shows them what's different. I know when I first gave my life to Christ, I started watching people. Because I didn't really know. I didn't know what a Christian life was supposed to look like. So I started finding Christian families and I would watch how they interacted. Right? I would watch the moms. I would watch the dads. I watched how they were married. (laughs) I remember one time my youth pastor was backing up a, a trailer and he backed into the house, like backed into the house. It was funny. And so I was like, oh, this is going to be really fun. You know, I was waiting for the explosions and they just kind of went, okay, we'll fix it. You know, was, that was it. I was like, well, that's no fun, but that's different, right? I was waiting for a boom, but it was different because they showed us what life was supposed to look like. The Holy Spirit empowered them. The Holy Spirit empowers us. And so moms, let the Holy Spirit help you. Let him empower you to live that life. And let him empower you to raise, help raise your kids. Let him empower you to, to be a witness. So I'm going to ask the worship team if they would come up this morning. If you're physically able, would you stand this morning with us? We're going to pray. And then at the end, we're going to pray for the moms. We won't make you come up. But we'll, we're going to pray for you where you're at. But we're going to pray this morning. Lord, I just thank you today for the Holy Spirit who helps us in our weakness. Holy Spirit, I thank you for empowering us and being with us. I thank you for using us. I thank you for giving us the strength to get through this life. I thank you for forgiving our sins and our weaknesses. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming in and filling us with power to be your witnesses and to help us when we don't know what to pray. Thank you for being that help. Thank you for being that power, that strength that we need. And So Lord, all across this room, I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us today. Lord, I pray for those who are discouraged today, who don't know how they're going to go on. I pray that you would give strength. For those who are in situations that don't even know how to pray, Lord, would you intercede on their behalf? Would you help them to know how to pray? give them that strength. And so I'm just going to ask you this morning, if you would just close your eyes, those of you watching on the live stream, would you just close your eyes with me for a moment? And I'm just going to ask a simple question this morning. If you're here today and you say, you know, Pastor X, I hear you talking about this relationship with Jesus, but I don't think I really have that. I've never really asked Jesus to forgive my sins. I've never really started a relationship with him. And if I was just to be real honest, I would say I'm pretty far from God, but I don't want to be that way anymore. I want to have a real relationship with him that that helps me in this life. Would you slip your hand up right where you're at? We're just going to pray with you right where you are. 
All right, I'm going to ask all of you to pray this prayer with me. We're going to pray with those who raise their hands. This is not a magic thing. This is just you talking to Jesus. So would you pray with me, everyone? Dear Jesus, thank you so much for loving me. Thank you for coming to this earth and dying on a cross in my place. And thank you for the forgiveness you offer. So I admit that I've sinned. I've messed up. Please forgive me. Come into my life. Make me new. Help me to live for you every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Guys, the Bible says if you pray that prayer, you are a brand new person. He says all the old stuff is gone and you're brand new. That's an amazing thing, right? That's awesome. So if you prayed that prayer, would you catch me or Pastor Kenny, one of these guys? We just have a, a little gift. We want to give you a little book. We want to give you afterwards. Now, if you're here today, you say, you know, Pastor X, I need help with prayer. <laughs> I need the Holy Spirit to help me pray. I want to be better at making prayer my first option instead of my last option. I want to help. I want to pray for my family. I want to pray for those. And I want to learn to listen. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I just want to, we're going to pray. Lord, I just pray for all those who need help praying. Lord, would you help us today to make prayer our first option, not our last option. Lord, would you help us to learn to listen. And Holy Spirit, would you help us in our weaknesses? Would you help us to be your witnesses? Lord, would you help us today to be better at praying and better at listening? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. If you're here with a mom or a grandma, I'm going to ask you to move over to them, close to them. We're going to pray for them. Uh, if you're here, we're just going to put a hand on their shoulder. We're going to pray for them. If you don't have anyone with you, find someone to pray with. Someone's going to ask you to put a hand on their shoulder. We're going to pray for them today. Lord, I am so thankful today for all these ladies. Lord, I'm thankful that you brought them into our lives. Lord, I'm thankful for moms. I'm thankful for grandmas. I'm thankful for adopted moms. Uh, Lord, those second moms and third moms. Lord, we're so thankful. And Lord, today I pray you would bless these ladies. Lord, would you help them today to know how special they are, not just to their families, but to you and how much you love them. Lord, I pray that today would just be an incredible day full of great memories. Today would be a great day of feeling loved. And Lord, I pray that more than anything, today they would sense your presence in their lives in such a special way. Lord, I pray for them today and we bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to close out with a worship song here this morning. And then as you go, uh, if you're a guest, go to the guest table out to the right. We have a gift for you. If you are a lady over 18, please grab one of these gifts out here on the table. We have those for you as well.